everyone. Welcome to June's coffee date. I hope that you're hanging in there with everything that's going on in the world. I don't know about you, but the last few weeks and frankly months and years have been really, really heavy. And I just, I feel lost and helpless and stuck. So maybe that's something we can get into. But for now, want to quickly introduce myself for those who are tuning in for the first time. I am Lauren Bartleson. I'm a communications manager who's currently working with Nike. I'm also an indie author and I'm a mental health advocate. And I'm based near Portland, Oregon with my husband and our Pomeranian Corgi mix, Georgia. And today I am going old school. There's no script. It's just me, the microphone, and you, of course. And I guess, I don't know when the last time I recorded, definitely a few months ago, but I mean, I think there are a lot of excuses I could give as to why I haven't been on. Life has been busy. The book has been busy. The world has felt really heavy, and I haven't felt like my voice was really necessary, if that makes sense. But I mean, on top of all of that, if you've been following me at all over the past few years, and if you read the book when it comes out, you'll really get a glimpse into how, I'm not really sure what the word is, but just maybe self-conscious. That's not, that's not the right word, but I guess I'm still figuring out my online identity and how I want to show up online. And I've really, really, really been struggling with that over the past few months, especially. And this podcast is definitely something that I've considered because it it is an online platform. I mean, it's me sitting here, literally, I'm at my desk in my home office talking into a microphone and staring at my computer. I ha- I'm recording it on my laptop so I can like see the app. So like when I'm recording it, it doesn't feel like it's going on the internet. It's not the same thing as me posting a photo, bringing up an app and typing a caption into Instagram. Like to me, that feels so much more internet-y. But anyway, I've been really struggling with my presence online. And this is something that I've been dealing with from the beginning when I joined the internet. And I've talked about before, but anyway, over the last few months, it's gotten even more heightened with the pressure of the book coming out because the program that I'm publishing through is very adamant that you have to promote your book online, you have to be on social media, you have to post X amount of times a week. And as a mental health advocate, I know, and not just even as a mental health advocate, as a person who is tuned in with my body, I know social media is not healthy for my mental health. So that's what I'm really struggling with right now is this like, and on top of that, I'm an extremist. So like balance doesn't do anything for me. I think it's either one, I'm all in or I'm all out. So that's 
where I've been, why I haven't been recording. Um, but I had the urge today, so I'm leaning into that and just wanted to get on here and chat and be open and honest and vulnerable and chat, like talk about what's going on. Um, with that said, not going to talk about what's going on in the world because I need a distraction and there are a lot of podcasts and news sources out there that you can go to and I want this to be a place where we can talk about some of the good things in life. So that's not to say I'm not thinking about it. It's The shootings especially have been on my mind all day, every day recently and just if that's on your mind, please hang in there. And I mean, I'm sure it's on your mind. Um, anyway, I'm not really sure what to say, but let's talk about something fun. Um, let's talk about the book. I haven't given an update on the book yet. So many of you know, I'm writing a book called behind the facade. I'm calling it a mental health memoir. And it is scheduled to come out this fall. I'm trying to decide the timing based around our honeymoon because we are going on our honeymoon uh, only three years late, but three, no, two. We got married in 2019, 2020, 2021, 20, three years late, um, thanks to COVID. Um, and I really want to do my best not to think about the book, not to work, not to do anything except for just be present with my husband. So I am trying to figure out the timing for that, but I am going into it with the mindset that we're going to publish pre-honeymoon. So in September, that way, if we have to push it out, it's easier to push out than to try to hurry up and rush when I'm not ready. Um, So for the past few months, I um, two months, maybe six weeks. I don't know, something like that. I've been heavy, heavy, heavy in revisions. So what that means is I've worked with, I worked with a developmental editor for like four or five months to actually create the manuscript. And as I went, she provided feedback. And then I also sent my book to an acquiring or my manuscript, excuse me, to an acquiring editor who was kind of a outside view. She read the manuscript a couple times, provided general feedback. For example, she said she wanted to get to know more of my husband in the book. So she didn't give like line by line feedback. Um, so I'm taking both of their feedback and working with a third editor who is providing line by line feedback. So that's what I've been doing over the past like six or eight weeks, maybe. And over the past couple weeks, I did something big and I sent it, the book out to people called beta readers. So those are people who, in my case, people in the story, my family, my parents, my husband, and my brother, but also people who are not in the story so they can read it and tell me, you know, what's missing for them. Is there part of the story that they wish they were there? Are they confused by anything? So now over the next week, I'm getting beta reader feedback back, beta, whatever. I'm getting back the feedback from the people who reviewed it. And so I have to incorporate that feedback. And 
I have to finalize the book within nine days. So in nine days, I have to submit the book to copy editing. And that's basically like hands off, pens down, the scary moment for an author, especially an author who's a perfectionist like me. And what that means is when the book comes back from copy editing, all I can do is make like tiny, tiny changes. So for example, if it should be a semicolon instead of a comma, I can't make any updates to the story, nothing. And I'm kind of terrified by that, to be honest. So that's what I'm really focused on over the next couple of weeks is really meeting that copy editing deadline. And then I'm also starting to collect what's called early praise. So Early praise is, you know, when you look at a book and you can see like sometimes there's a blurb on the front or back cover by another author or on Amazon, there's a quote by, um, again, another author or maybe a media source or something. That's what I'm looking to gather right now. So I'll be sending the manuscript out to... Well, I have to identify who they are, but hopefully I'll be sending the manuscript out to some other authors and people in the mental health industry to see if they're interested in supporting the book and writing a blurb about it. So that's a big thing for me. The book has, of course, been taking up a lot of time, but it's also weird because I have been spending a lot less time on the book than I was when I was actually writing it. And it's been kind of weird. (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh my God, what do I do with myself? Because I'm sitting here like I don't know what to do with my time. So I've kind of started working on two more books and they both have fully fledged outlines already. One I think I've told you about is a uh, fiction book about a couple who goes on a road trip down the West Coast. And I believe in this book so much, not only because it's very real and I don't know. I mean, I've written two and a half chapters, so we'll see how far it gets, but I've like created it in my head. Like there's an outline. I've created a blog for it. I've created a website. Like I'm trying to get in the character's head. Um, as much as I possibly can before writing it. So I feel really good about where it's going. And it's basically a love letter to all the places up and down the West Coast that I've called home or fallen in love with over the years. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to. The other is I want to do it in a book form, um, but it's a super niche and it's very much targeted to me and my husband, I think. <laughs> but um Basically, I want to create a list of 100 gluten-free restaurants in Portland because, as you may or may not know, I'm gluten-free. I've been gluten-free going on five years, and I we have this ongoing, like, oh, where should we go? I don't know what I want to eat, like, whenever we think about going out, and We have this book of 100 restaurants in Portland, which is awesome, and I love it, and it comes with a little checklist, but the problem is most of the places are not gluten-free friendly, so it was really great, oh my god, it was really great, a really great resource, 
to use when we could both eat anything. But now that I'm gluten-free and like strict gluten-free, I don't deviate. I don't cheat. I'm very, very aware and purposeful about not eating gluten because it's related to the two autoimmune diseases I have. But um, anyway, I basically want to create a version of that book that's gluten-free friendly. So I have my list of restaurants going. I have a list of places that I've eaten that I've loved. And I also have a list of restaurants that I want to eat at. So I mean, it'll probably take me at least a year to get through more of them and whatnot. But yeah, that's been like a fun side project. Um, I don't know if he's listening to this, but my husband, I don't think is too keen on me starting writing a book anytime soon. So not sure how he feels about me starting on two books, but whatever. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, yeah. And then Outside of that, I mean, I guess I should add. So one thing that I'm doing, like speaking of social media, we talked about it a little bit earlier. What I've been doing, I've started this thing. I don't know if this is a real term or not. I made it up, but someone has probably come up with it already. But I'm doing what I'm calling a social media sabbatical. And basically, my goal is not to use social media in the same way as I have the ways that I know are really unhealthy for me. So posting just to post, scrolling just to scroll, tweeting just to tweet, whatever. Like making it, and I mean, I'm still kind of stuck on YouTube. Like, yeah, the freaking autoplay and recommendations get me. But I just want to be purposeful about how I consume content and I haven't been with social media. So I'm taking time away. I haven't deactivated or deleted my accounts, but I'm just not going on them. And I'm feeling really good about it. I think I'm about a weekend and haven't felt the need to post. And that's fine. Like I said, it was kind of hard at first when like in my head, I was like, I have to post because the publishing team is telling me to post. And then I was like, you know what? No, like I need to be an advocate for what's best for me. And this is what's best for me right now. So I'm doing my social media sabbatical. We'll see how long it lasts. Honestly, I'm feeling it. So we'll see what happens when the book launch happens. But right now I'm, I'd be kind of good seeing how I can do without an active social media presence because For me, I mean, of course, they're trying to get more reviews, more sales, more everything. Whereas I'm just, if the more people can read my book, the better. Like, I just want it to be mental health awareness. So I know that social media would help make that possible. But at the same time, I can't jeopardize or risk my my own mental health and hitting another breakdown just to get a few extra sales. So that's where I'm at right now, really enjoying it. And I guess that's also why I've been writing more is because typically I would default to social media as like a time waster. But mostly I've been replacing that with, I've been playing, um, hold on, I'm grabbing my phone to see what the name of the game is. Flow Free 
it's like, oh my God, it's so addicting. It's bad. But it's like a phone app. It kind of reminds me of like the early, I don't think they're called video games. Like, what do you call like what was Snake on like, you know, the early phones where you could like, yeah, it was like a phone game or like Tetris. I don't know what those are called, but it's one of those. And it's just a little addicting thing. And there's a gazillion levels. And I just sit there and my brain, like it kind of has to work, but it doesn't really because you're matching colors. So you just look for the same color. Anyway, if you want to get distracted, that's a good one. Um, So I've been doing that a lot. I've been reading a lot. Um, I just last night, I think, finished a really, really good book. It's called We Are Not Like Them. And it's by, uh, what's her name? Joe Piazza, I want to say. Hold on. Again, bringing up um, my Goodreads here. We Are Not Like Them, a novel by Christine Pride and Joe Piazza. And it kind of reminded me of Small Great Things by Jodi Picoult, which, if you have not read, is one of my all-time I hesitate to use the word favorite, but it's one of the best books I've ever written. Not written. Obviously, I did not write that. One of the best books I've ever read, and I think it's really well written. And Small Great Things is, they're both very much about race and um, diverse. Um, I don't want to say diversity, but it's about like non-diversity in the U.S. And Small Great Things is about a black nurse who is treating a white pregnant white woman, woman, and um, she has strict instructions not to touch their baby. So what happens when she's the only one in the room and the baby could die if no one takes care of it? So that was kind of her journey small, great things is her journey as a character of making that decision and dealing with the outcomes of that decision. This other book that I just finished yesterday is kind of similar in that it's a very heavy book. Like it's not necessarily a happy book. It's, It's definitely happier than small, great things because it's about friendship, but it's about a So it's very relevant to today. A white cop shoots an unarmed black teenager. And the story is told from the perspective perspectives of the cop's wife, who's white, and the black reporter covering the case who happened to be best friends, or I guess not happened to be, but who are best friends. So it's not only dealing with their different reactions to this tragedy, but also their friendship and how their friendship changes. And yeah, just how they deal and come back to each other through this time. And um, the cop's wife is pregnant, which adds another layer to that story. And I, I just have to say it was one of, 
It's a hard read, but I'm really glad I read it. And it made me think a lot about what's happening in the world. And just, uh, I don't want to say what's wrong with the world, but our, our, we're really struggling right now. And it was just a really unique take on what's going on and seeing it from two female perspectives. And I thought it was a really great book that I would highly recommend. Um, on speaking of good books, I kind of want to give a shout out to one of my amazing author friends, um, Rebecca Garner. She wrote a book that I actually got to preview a while back and it has published and I was so excited. So she released the Kindle version, I think a month before the paperback version. I don't know, but I pre-ordered a copy and I was too anxious and excited to wait for my paperback copy that I ordered a Kindle book and I read it within 24 hours. It is a young adult novel, I guess, called Why Won't My Boobs Grow and Other Annoyances. And that is such the opposite kind of read than the book I just talked about. We are not like them. This one, Why Won't My Boobs Grow and Other Annoyances, is just a feel-good read. It's about a middle school girl who wants her boobs to grow, and she has crushes, and she has best friends, and oh my god, it was just such a cute read, and I'm just so proud. I'm a proud friend and proud of a fellow author and watching her come out with you know, her signed books are so great, and it's giving me hope for what's to come for Behind the Facade. Um, let's see, are there any other, I've been reading so much, I've probably read like three or four books a week, so. Oh, this is not the same as either of what I read, but I read my first one-star read, I I couldn't even finish this book, it was so bad in my perspective, I mean, it's gotten a lot of five-star ratings on Goodreads and Amazon, so other people had to have liked it, but for me, it was, I couldn't even finish it, I was more than halfway through, and I felt like I was just waiting for the ending to come. And it was just, in my perspective, not well done at all. Um, So yeah, let's, let's not focus on that. I want to focus on the good things. Um, What else is going on? Um, well, my husband and I are starting to get more into camping. Well, okay, not camping. Like, let me stop there. The idea of camping. (laughs) Um, we tried car camping and I have a mini Cooper. And so we tried sleeping in the back of a mini Cooper and it was, let's just, we're both tall people. Like I'm 5'10". My husband is probably, I don't know, same height, 5'11", six foot. I don't know. I should probably know that, but whatever. And so squishing the two of us and a dog into the back of a mini Cooper and it's pouring rain, like pouring, pouring rain. Like it does, people think it rains really bad in Oregon all year round, but actually it's not that bad. It's just kind of wet and dreary, but like, I imagine it's what people think of like Oregon rain. Like it was so wet and miserable and I slept really, really well. It was actually the first night in a year probably or young or longer that I hadn't needed to use any sleeping supplements. So sleeping pills, melatonin or anything. And I got a full nine hour sleep and 
it was kind of amazing to be honest. But anyway, so I really like the idea of camping. I'm not sure I would do it in the back of a Mini Cooper, but we are thinking of trying different modes. I don't know of camping. Um, so we're renting a camper van later this year for a trip. And then we also want to see if there's somewhere where we can like rent a tent and stuff because we don't have one and we don't like, if we don't love it, we don't want to buy it, you know, like buy a sleeping bag and buy all this stuff. So we're going to look and see if there's somewhere where we can rent camping gear, but that's, Something I've really been craving recently, I keep coming back to this word solace or solitude. And whenever I think of that, I think of just being outdoors in a forest or near water and off the grid, no cell phones, just sitting around a campfire and talking and just taking it back to when times were, I don't don't know if it's easier, but just maybe more simple. So anyway, that's what I've been really craving. And thank goodness for a husband who goes with the flow and tries car camping in the back of a Mini Cooper. But yeah, that was not our mode of camping. So excited to try something else. But I have to say, my husband is the most amazing person. So we, I wanted to stay for two nights when we went camping that last time. And obviously, I did not look at the weather. I did not plan accordingly. So after night one, like we were both uncomfortable for sleeping in the from sleeping in the car. So we were going to come home. And he was like, I know this wasn't exactly the trip you had in mind. How could we, like, what do you want to do to find that solace you were looking for? And I said, you know, the the one thing I wanted to do was have a campfire. Like, to me, the crackling of the, I don't know, just the crackling sounds, the fire getting lost in that, like, beautiful, bright orange, like, the embers and sitting around talking and making s'mores. So I was like, you know, that's the real, that's the one thing I would love to do. And he encouraged me to go out and buy like one of those outdoor fire pits. It was like, I just got the only one they had at the store and it was pretty affordable. So I went to um, a hardware store, bought, bought this pit, bought, you know, what I needed to start a fire and have a safe fire and bought some firewood and a fire starter. And I had my own fire and made some more. So now we have this outdoor fire pit in our backyard so that we can enjoy fires even when we're home and bring a little bit of that solace feeling into our everyday lives. So that's something I've been doing on a weekly-ish basis. Sometimes he'll sit out there with me and talk. Other times I'll just sit out there with my Kindle and read a book or just stare, <laughs> stare into the fire. It's kind of like a meditation. But um, yeah, so that's something I've really been enjoying. And I guess back there, the other thing that 
he's been trying to encourage me to do is find hobbies that are not on the computer. So even though I'm taking that social media sabbatical, a lot of my hobbies are computer related. So when I'm writing a book, I'm typing it. So I'm sitting here staring at a computer. Um, I'm doing, if I'm doing a word puzzle, I do word puzzles in the morning in the paper, which I read on my iPad. Um, if I'm working out or doing a meditation class, like it's all through an app. Um, so he was asking me, you know, what are, what hobbies do you like that don't have to do with the computer? And I was like, well, I really, I really like the idea last year I, I started getting into doing floral arrangements and I really enjoyed them, but I hated buying the flowers because they're so expensive at the store to get enough to make like a like sizable arrangement with a variety of flower types. So he was like, why don't you try growing them yourself? So that's what I'm doing this year. I'm doing something much different. You all know I'm an extremist. And so you can probably imagine that my gardens are typically like, I've had a garden for the past five or six years, maybe longer. And I go overboard. Like if I'm like, I'm going to do herbs, I do every single herb under the sun. And so I could have, and probably like inside what I wanted to do or what I was tempted to do was take over our entire backyard and do like a full cutting garden. But I'm limiting myself. I have this like little, um, I don't even know, like a planter, I guess. It's like a two-tier planter that I I literally made it myself from wood. And it's probably like, I don't know, six square feet total, maybe eight or 10 um, between the two tiers. And I have a couple of empty um, containers that I used for tomatoes last year. And that's it. That's going to be the extent of my cutting garden is just really give a lot of love and try not to overdo it and we'll see how it goes. But that's kind of what I'm working on right now is just finishing the book. And then when I'm not working on the book or working, I mean, I started a new job today. So really focusing on that, uh, still at the same company, but different team. Um, but when I'm not working or working on the book, I'm or not, and not on social media. I am reading, I'm planting, hopefully making flower arrangements soon, and sitting by a fire. So not super exciting, but that's where I'm at right now. So anyway, I see we're coming up on over a half an hour. Um, and I will probably call it here. So anyway, I am really enjoying this style. We'll see how long it lasts, but I do want to commit to doing a monthly coffee date like this, where it's just, like I said, there's no script, there's no plan, no major outline. Like it's just me and you having a catch it up, having a conversation, catching up like old friends. So with that, I will see you in July. 
And again, please take care of yourself and do something for you today. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.